Why do we call this episode successfully climbing the business ladder? Well, that's because that's exactly what our next guest did. Jennifer Jackson started out at the store level of Hungry Howie's, and she is now the Vice President of Development. She'll teach you how to level up within your industry. So, listen in. It is episode number 129, featuring Jennifer Jackson of Hungry Howie's Pizza. Here we go. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Blitnikoff, and we have, you know, I, I love this pizza, by the way. Hungry Howie's Pizza, flavored crust. So you can't you can't beat that, right? You know, I, I love all pizza, but I tell you, Hungry Howie's Pizza has always been one of my go-to pizzas. And I'm very excited to have a leader on the line that has been involved with Hungry Howie's Pizza since age 10. And I really want to hear about how that all started. And then she started, her name's Jennifer Jackson. She started as a fundraising coordinator in 1998. And then just throughout her career at Hungry Howie's, she's just had success after success after success. In fact, she was the director of franchise development and restructured the department quite a bit. And now she is the vice president of development and she's helped the company open nearly 550 locations in 21 states. Not exactly sure when Jennifer has time to sleep with that kind of uh, pace, but I'm sure we're going to get into it. And Jennifer, and, and also you, the Hungry Howies, I should mention, ranks in the top 10 of the nation's largest pizza franchises. So uh, kudos to you and thank you for your time, and, um, which is obviously very limited time. Jennifer, welcome to the uh, podcast. Oh, Jeff, thank you so much. That was an amazing introduction. Um, I, I love it. I'm just happy to be here and, and chat with you about Hungry Howie's. And I love that you're a customer. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 great, great pizza. I mean, it, uh, wow, wow. And I, I remember one time I sent about 10 pizzas to a uh, local business that had done great for me, and they were so excited. <laughs> they were just, what a, no. what a great gift for the, what a great gift for them. But at any rate, Jennifer, I, I, I did a brief on your bio, so I'd like you to expand on, on it, expand on it, of course, but also just to talk about how you, you got involved at age 10, and you know, little did you know at age 10 that you were setting up your life's work, and that's pretty amazing. <laughs> It is. But you know what? I was blessed to be born into a pizza family. So, um, you know, being in Detroit here is kind of almost the pizza capital of the country, right? We have the first Domino's, the first Little Caesars, the, the first Hungry Howie's all open within 20 years of each other out of Detroit. So so it's pretty crazy. Um, we opened our first store in 1973, and our founder was James Hearn. And my dad was actually a delivery driver for him. Um, at that first location and then ended up opening up Hungry Howie's number two in 1976. And so as a young girl, I was growing up, my dad was always going to, to work at night, right? I was getting home from school. He was heading out the door and I was just always so bummed because I wanted to spend time with him. And so one day as he was going out the door, I just said, well, when am I going to be able to go to work with you? And he just looked at me and he said, when you're 10. And he just kept going. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, my, my birthday came around when I was 10. It was in the summer. 
And um, I got up, got dressed, came running down the stairs, and I said, all right, let's go. And he was like, where? What are you talking about? And my mom and him laugh about it. They couldn't believe that I had remembered that, and it had stuck in my head. So lo and behold, on, on my 10th birthday, I went into store number two. I uh, got to learn how to take a phone order. I got to learn how to make a pizza. And the rest is history. I, I think I was kind of born with blood in my veins. <laughs> I mean, with sauce in my veins. Yeah, yeah, sauce instead <laughs> of blood. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it sounds that way for sure. Let me just ask you something um, really quick. So when you were, um, and I don't want to spend, you know, obviously a lot of time on this because I really want to dig into your career, but this is this is really interesting. So how many years did you circle that, you know, that, I mean, how, how much did you anticipate that 10th birthday? Because obviously you probably got up that morning, ran down and said, nope, I get to go with dad today. And so how long? How, how, was that just something you circled on your calendar? You know what? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> so it must have just been something that stuck in my mind. My mom said that we were living at, I, I was probably only about five or six when he said that to me. So when I did come running down on my 10th birthday, they were just as surprised that I remembered it and we're like, okay, well, heck, I guess she's going to keep us task on doing what we say. So <laughs> we, uh, we jumped right in that day. Let's talk about your career at Hungry Howie's. So you started out as the fundraising coordinator and then you've had an illustrious career since then. So maybe you could offer to the listeners that are trying to make a similar kind of ascension in their career, what kind of skills, work ethic and, what what do they need to start out kind of in an entry-level position and then move themselves to really top levels of the corporation? Well, you know what? I always tell everybody that we really try to promote from within. Our longest-standing employee has been with us over 30 years, and all of our leadership team has started out at the store level, and so that's something we really try to pride ourselves on. We're not a bunch of Harvard MBAs sitting in an ivory tower calling shots. We've all been in the stores. We all worked our way up, and we've got tons of opportunity for people to do that now, um, specifically with franchising. You know, if somebody even wants to go into business for themselves, I encourage them to get a job at a store. You can tell pretty quickly if it's something you're going to enjoy doing or not because people are really passionate about food. And and I always joke around that there's a love-hate relationship with the food industry. You either love it or you hate it. It's not, there's not any in between. And, And you really have to work hard. You need to be dedicated. You need to be organized and, um, really, also love motivating teenagers, which can be a challenge, <laughs> but to just kind of jump right in and, and learn. And, and I've had so many franchisees do that over the years. We really have grown our multi-unit franchisees organically, meaning the majority of them started out with one store and now they've got 20, 30, 50. It's, it's kind of unlimited and they're still growing the brand today. How are you able, you personally, how are you able to keep your eye on the eagle? Did you always have an intention of um, going to the highest levels of the corporation? Or was this just something that you progressed into? Because I'm sure that, you know, a lot lot of our listeners hearing you talk right now, they would love to have a similar career. And I know they'd probably love a behind-the-scenes look as to how you you came from, as you said, the store level to now really what you're doing now, which is impressive. 
Right. Well, you know, being at the store level, obviously, as a kid and working there throughout college, I kind of always knew that I had a passion for the business. Now, my dad never really forced any of us into the pizza industry. Um, I had two other siblings that completely went opposite ways. It was just something that was kind of a natural for me. And so when I went away to college, I started studying. I wanted to learn about marketing and advertising. And um, I did a lot with public relations, which was super fun. So when I came on board initially as a fundraising coordinator, it was actually an opportunity to roll out our Joe Razor program. And um, what was super exciting for me at that time was reaching out and making the introduction with all of the schools and nonprofit organizations throughout the country and work with them to help them raise money specifically for, you know, equipment or computers or whatever they needed in their schools. And for me, it's all about working within the community. And so I I really enjoyed being able to do that. And I actually, with it being a family business, have stepped away at times too um, and and looked at other opportunities and then actually spent time at other businesses doing franchise development just to be able to learn a different way of doing things, to kind of be able to see a different perspective to be able to help us improve any systems um, that that we have in place. So in your day-to-day life right now, and 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 I'd like to know, because obviously you're you're probably doing a lot of traveling. Maybe, you know, as we record this, it's August 2020, so traveling has gotten curtailed a lot in, in, in the COVID world, so there's probably more virtual that you're doing. But, you know, at some point that'll probably come back. And maybe by the time people are listening to this interview, it will be back. But at any rate, how are you able to balance all of the responsibilities of not only, um, you know, continuing the growth of Hungry Howie's, but also being able to also have that that quote unquote work life balance? So what what is it some you know somebody as busy as you are how are you able to make all that happen in a cohesive way where you can work hard and play hard so to speak right what's a work life balance i thought we just work all the time now no. <laughs> i think that's yeah yeah you know what Especially you know it's, it's so pandemic. easy yeah 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 it's so easy just uh, you're always accessible and always connected yeah you're right yeah, for the development side of the business during the pandemic, we've kind of actually stepped back and we, we're taking a little bit of time right now to kind of regroup as we're going to launch what, what we think is going to be a really rapid growth campaign. Our stores were deemed essential businesses, so we were very blessed throughout this entire pandemic to be open, to be feeding the frontline workers and to be able to really be integrated in it right from day one and and trying to help out and and really give back within our communities. And so just kind of growing from that and kind of continuing to keep that momentum up as our stores are doing amazing numbers. They're they're doing super, super well. I just transitioned in a new VP of operations this past April and she's restructuring some things and we, uh, we really believe that we are in the position to have a rapid growth campaign at this point. We've always really taken a conservative approach to growth. You know, we've been around 47 years. We have 550 locations. But I think now is, is going to be that opportunity for us to really take that jump out there. Because like you did mention, we are one of the top 10 pizza 
um, chains in the country. And what's amazing and attractive for us is that we have opportunities available for both single and multi-unit throughout the country, which is very hard with a lot of the larger brands. So, so we have that availability, which I think is going to make it a really exciting time for us. It sounds that way. Let's let's talk about leadership. And obviously, during the pandemic, there's a lot of companies that have had to really pivot. And certainly, you had to do business in a different way when you you know you were you as you said you were deemed an essential business but i'm sure that there was a lot of things that had to change at the store level to meet a lot of the requirements and you being in 21 states uh, every state had kind of different requirements as all this stuff rolled out so maybe you can talk about the leadership team and what you all were able to do to have a cohesive pivot because i think it all starts with communication and trust and if you have those two things then you can solve a lot of problems and certainly the pandemic's one of the biggest problems of our entire lifetime so just love your perspective on that absolutely our leadership team is amazing we um, have 10 of us on it and um, we actually jumped in immediately and started doing daily phone calls and getting the information out to our stores because being deemed an essential business, we were one of the few places that were open. So our stores, those first couple weeks, kind of took a step back because I think everybody ran out and filled up on groceries. So we kind of sat back and saw sales, you know, not doing that well and panicked. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, everybody got sick of cooking and everybody wanted to eat. So there were a ton of things that we had to do. Luckily, we work with food every day. So a lot of the precautions that we've taken since day one weren't anything different. We did have to switch things to like curbside and where people didn't have to come in the stores and trying to, you know, do the social distancing and making sure everybody in in the store had masks and different things like that. But for the most part, our operations really weren't very affected. It was more of we were running out of food because we make all of our our dough fresh daily and just kind of getting those projections laid out and working with our franchisees to ensure that they were set up properly to feed the the people in their areas and their communities. And um, we did that with tons of touch points. We did, uh, you know, like just radio kind of things out to them to be able to, they could listen to the stores. We did tons of communications, text messages, you know, just trying to keep everybody online. We had a, a crisis like email kind of team for those that did get COVID because we did have some stores that would have to get it and they have to close down and clean and go through everything, be quarantined for so many days and then reopen. So just really supporting our franchisees in every way that we could to make sure that, you know, they were able to continue to thrive in their communities. Well, let's get into our resources here as we head into the last few questions. One of the resources I'll mention is HungryHowies.com. If you're lucky enough to be in one of those 21 states, then may I suggest the garlic herb crust and also (laughs) check out the Howie Maui pizza and then my personal favorite, chicken bacon ranch pizza. So, uh, uh, But there's plenty of pizza to choose from at HungryHowies.com. But Jennifer, what are some other resources that you might point people at that maybe you think might inspire them? Absolutely. If someone's looking at franchising, one thing I always look at, there's Franchise Business Review, which is a company online that actually 
does um, a whole surveys and stuff of most of everyone's franchisees. And so it's kind of a report card from the franchisees to be able to get a good understanding. I always listen to TED Talks, too. I feel like I always have, you know, one or two great takeaways from those. And, and just really kind of doing your own research. I always encourage people, to. I kind of fell into the franchising bucket from, you know, having been in the background of marketing and PR. And, and now I just feel that I, I know it so well, and I love to help other people with it. So I encourage people, if you want to email me directly at jjackson at hungryhowies.com, I'm happy to answer any questions that anyone has. If our franchise isn't the right fit for you, we're going to help you determine that, and, and I'm happy to direct them towards other franchises that, that might um, be better suited for each individual. Well, we'll certainly put your email address in the notes as well as the other things that you mentioned as well. So, Jennifer, the floor, as I always like to say, is yours. I'm going to pass the mic over to you, and this is your chance to address the audience with whatever you would like to say as we close out the podcast. So, uh, Jennifer, the as I said, the floor is yours. Oh, thanks, Steph. I just want to reiterate what you had mentioned earlier regarding flavored crust, and and we're really all about flavor. We actually were the originators of flavored crust pizza in 1985. We had 65 stores nationally, and uh, growing up in the pizza industry, we needed a distinction. We had, you know, Domino's was really focused on delivery, and, and Little Caesars was focused on carry out, and so we kind of were playing around and, and dabbled with this flavored crust, which uh, really has been unique and stuck with us. And we've really just built on flavor from there. We've got flavored breads, flavored wings, flavored salads, and, you know, really, again, just making sure that we're still doing everything in-house every day. Our dough is still being made fresh every day, all of our ingredients, and then obviously adding that flavor. It's just something that you'll never forget. I think that it's a very distinct uh, flavor of, of pizza, and I always tell people if it's made properly and once you taste it, you're, you're going to never want to have another one, another product, and uh, we've been very blessed to get to continue to do so. And if you don't have a Hungry Howie's, in your market soon, I, I really encourage you to keep an eye on us because there's going to be one there shortly. Sounds that way with your growth. So, Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer, thank you so much. Jennifer Jackson of Hungry Howie's, and she is currently the Vice President of Development. And, again, you can find out more at HungryHowie's.com. Of course, we're going to have that link in Jennifer's show notes. But thank you so much. I, I know you're a very busy person, and for you to spend time this week on the podcast with us is very much appreciated. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Our next guest is a true leader that embodies the Athena Leadership Principles. In fact, Jacqueline D. Gregorio gives back by teaching you how to eliminate boundaries and doubts so that you can be your most authentic self and live courageously. In fact, in this segment, Jacqueline is going to talk about her journey and how she always knew that success was inevitable. The journey from the bio might sound like it was this quick transformation. It really was a lot of challenging times, times where I felt like I wanted to give up, times where I really needed to lean into my grit, into my faith. 
self-belief and just keep going and keep believing in myself and knowing that my success is inevitable. As long as I keep going, there's no such thing as failure. It is inevitable that we are going to get more listeners. With your help, if you do one of two things for us, rate and review the podcast or share the episodes you find relevant. If you do both of those things, it would be amazing. One out of the two would definitely help us grow. Regardless, we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next week.